0: Hello everybody and thank you for joining me for this new episode of The Daily Optimist. Today is Wednesday, it is the 22nd of September, it is the first day of autumn, fall, here in uh, the U.S. of A. And the temperatures say just that, because uh, as you know, climate change is real, the Earth is heating up, and... Fall comes in, still like summer. So, it is not terribly warm today, but it is still at 81 degrees at the time of recording. So, nonetheless, you know, um, it has been one of those things that we've become accustomed to, but we need to keep our eyes on and continue to progress. An interesting article I saw today was like a positive news story about um, Jeff Bezos And his global earth fund or whatever it's called and how they're going to donate a million dollars for or rather a billion dollars for climate change. And I'm over here thinking, you know, it would be a real positive news story. Well, aside from him paying more in taxes, but uh, if he donated um, half of his billions to it. Hmm. I mean, he personally has. What is it, 147 billion or something? That could be off. And if he donated half of that, paid more in taxes, boy, that would be a positive news story, as the world could battle climate change um, m- at a much higher rate, and maybe there would be, you know, healthcare for all in the U.S. and um, some other positives, funding for schools and other things as well. But alas, I digress. That's not my story for today. Just found that interesting. So, I'm going to get to my story in just a moment. I hope you had a chance to listen to yesterday's episode. I hope you had a chance to have a discussion. And today, I'm going to talk about something else. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Thank you for joining me. My name, of course, is Elijah Manning. And you are listening to The Daily Optimist. So, there's a story that is from Melbourne, Australia today. Um, I found it on npr.org and it is by Rachel Treisman. And I could be mispronouncing her last name. Apologies if I am. Excuse me. So, uh, in Melbourne, Australia, they have um, government mandated vaccine um, requirements for covid okay so there have been protests by construction workers and other demonstrators um, about these uh, requirements so melbourne is the largest city and they recently announced a vaccination mandate for construction workers that requires each employee to show proof of at least one dose by thursday and they say about 13% of the states uh, active COVID-19 cases are linked to construction sites. <clears throat> so what has happened? Okay. Construction workers who are against these uh mandates and restrictions and requirements or whatever you want to call them have taken to the streets and protesting. Um they um the government had to close down uh Multiple uh, work sites. Um, People gathered outside the headquarters of a prominent construction, forestry, maritime mining and energy union to protest the mandate, chanting and yelling before attempting to storm the building. There's reports that protesters threw bottles and smashed loudspeakers. Um, The riot police were there and they used rubber bullets and pepper spray to disperse the crowds. Um, there's reports that the building was damaged and several people were arrested. Uh, the union for the, uh, for the workers, uh, it said in a statement condemning the violence in the strongest possible terms. They also said that, um, there are extremists or people manipulated by extremists that are either, uh, now helping in the, um, protests or uh, are like pushing forward the protest this uh, statement said this crowd was heavily infiltrated by neo-nazis and other right-wing extremist groups and it is clear that a minority of those who participated were actual union members there's other reports that the neo-nazis and anti-vax groups organized on encrypted social media platforms before uh, going to the protest Um, there is a, um, member, uh, of the former opposition leader and current member of parliament. His name is Bill Shorten. He serves as a shadow minister for the national disability insurance scheme, uh, scheme and for government services. He said the protesters were, um, that some protesters were construction workers while others were fake tradies. He said, there is a network of hard-right man-baby Nazis, people who just want to cause trouble. They want to complain about the vaccination, and they deserve to get the full force of everything that's coming their way. Um, There's been a shutdown for two weeks at construction sites. Um, Workers will be required to show proof of at least one vaccine when it reopens on October 5th. Um, Victoria's treasurer, Tim Pallas, said the Victorian government will work with stakeholders over... Uh, coming days to determine the best way for the industry to show full compliance with the chief health officer directions. And then, so that was basically Monday. And then Tuesday, uh, they were back out there. Protesters dressed as construction workers. They assaulted officers, smashed police car windows, hurled bottles and stones, and damaged other p- property. They said it was about 1,000 to 2,000 demonstrators, mostly young men, marching across the city, shutting down a bridge while chanting f the jab and every day which is a as they put it a promise to keep protesting daily until melbourne uh, melbourne's covid restrictions are lifted the police say they arrested about 62 uh, protesters um three police officers and one journalist was injured officers deployed pepper balls foam baton rounds smoke bombs and stinger grenades um there's a report of um mixed you know of laden videos on social media with violent scenes a journalist was hit in the head by a full drink can as he reported live um and then he was tackled and had urine thrown on him and they posted tweets showing protesters kicking a dog um Victoria Premier Daniel Andrews tweeted, anger isn't going to make this pandemic end any quicker. Acts of violence like we've seen in the city in the last two days isn't going to stop people ending up in ICU or be any help to the nurses treating them. Literally, only one thing will. Getting vaccinated. Melbourne says the the lockdown will lift when 70% of eligible residents are fully vaccinated. So, all of that story is to show that It's not just here in the U.S. that these uh, anti-vaxxers have become this large growing number of angry people. They're angry. They don't want to be told what to do. Um, But my question to them is, what is it? Is it just you're being told you have to get vaccinated? Well, you've had to get vaccinated for many other things. Is it that you have done your own research and you think the vaccine is not going to be helpful? But uh, what research have you truly done? And I don't mean your research is just finding somebody else's work necessarily. That is on a social media site. Unless you're reading academic journals or scientific journals, or you're looking at um, some of the actual research on that end, looking at multiple, what do you, what is it that drives them to anger over this? And if it really is, you know, being infiltrated by uh, neo-Nazi groups and things of that nature, well is it that easy for them to be a part of it so is there something bigger here about you're worried about government control so you get arrested maybe you're an anti-vax group you get arrested maybe but what have you done what what is it you are looking to accomplish by being anti-vaccine, or well, neo Nazis, a different case, but in this case, the anti-vaccination. I mean, it's truly confusing to me the amount of people who, you know, claim to know better than the actual scientists, and and I, I'm getting a little irritated by this at this point. It's pretty exhausting. Because the science shows that the vaccination is working. The science shows that COVID is killing people. Science is showing you these things. Granted, at the beginning, there were a lot of questions. Why? They had known about a coronavirus, SARS, but this particular strain was new, COVID-19. But what do you know that researchers and scientists don't? What is it you think you know? And what is it you think you're going to accomplish by this anger over mask mandates, over, you know, People being upset that their kids have to wear masks in school. But some of those people are the same people who want school resource officers because they think that makes their children safe in school when a mask actually could be more beneficial than a SRO. But you want one and not the other. What is it that makes you think the mask or the vaccine is so much worse? It's really fascinating because I'm not certain what you're so angry about. And if you're so angry that the government is telling you to do something, then I have news for you. There's always laws... And government oversight and restrictions on things we can and can't do. You're welcome to go live off the grid somewhere. But I think if you want to be a part of the society. Part of being in the society. Is not just worrying only about yourself. But worrying about the betterment of said society. And one of the ways could possibly be this vaccine and I also want to point out the wealthier nation, wealthier nations have more access to these vaccinations whereas more poorer nations don't but they might be lining up to get these vaccinations whereas these wealthier nations are having anti-vaccination protests Hmm. And a lot of them are more predominantly white countries. And we haven't seen as much from any of the other ones. You know, black or brown. Hmm. Just interesting. I don't know. I'll talk more about some ideas on research later on. I'm going to switch to some positives. All right, let's get to it. Be back in just a moment. It's time for some positive news. All right, my first positive news story comes from, well, I found it on two different places. It is on liverpoolecho.com. co.uk, in an article written by Lee Grimsditch, and then it's also on uh, sunnyskies.com, and they took uh, that article and kind of uh, repurposed it a little bit, but there there was like a a tiny bit more information, so I'm going to use both of them. So, the story is, a uh, mother named Sophie was out with her um without with her daughter she had taken her two children rather um her 5-year-old son and her 2-year-old daughter to out to dinner and they went to a uh place that has a little play area and she says they have a little children's play area in there i was on the grabbing machines and i was trying to win my little girl this pink and purple teddy that she really wanted I had a go three times but failed. I just couldn't do it. There was a little boy that stood next to me watching me do it. I said, it's your turn now. You can have a go. As she says, I, I went back to the table to eat dinner. And shortly after, the little boy came over and said, I've just won it for your little girl. And he was holding this little teddy bear. And she said, I, I, you don't need to do that. And he said, no, no, I've won it. And she says she was uh, nearly in tears for how uh, how much of a nice thing this was. The boy was uh, 10 years old, and he gave it to her two-year-old daughter, uh, that cute purple and pink uh, little toy. And um, she she goes on to say, I saw him go back to his table where he sat. I took uh, two... Um, Well, it's not dollars, but out of my purse and went and gave it to him and said, thanks very much. His parents were like, what's happened? So she explained what happened and said, he's a lovely little boy. And uh, that was pretty, pretty nice thing for that little young man, 10 year old boy to do. So thank you, young man, for your work. And thank you, uh, mother, for sharing this story. Much appreciated. My second story... Comes from uh, Good News Network, and it seems it's by Andy Corbley again, and it is about rare rhino species see dramatic population growth from just one hundred to three thousand seven hundred today as poaching falls. All right, so over in um, Asia, there have been a plummeting um, rhino. Uh, and there's an inter- international rhino foundation that, you know, has been uh, studying and keeping eyes on them. Um, they report on the state of the rhino. That's what the report is, which this year highlights that even in the midst of a rare pandemic, dedicated individuals in a dozen countries are working to keep rhino numbers healthy and recovering. The IRF has invested $20 million worldwide into rhino conservation projects over the last 10 years and it's starting to pay off. Um, The largest success come by uh, way of the greater one-horned rhino. Again, this is according to the Andy Corbley Good News Network article, and it is native to India and Nepal. During the early 1900s, there were um, around 100 left. Today, there are 3,700, and that is is going to continue to increase, they say. Over the last eight years, poaching has uh, dropped from 41 in 2013 to just one at present day. Um, In the Indian state of Assam, rhinos can be found in four protected areas. And this year, the population in uh, the Manas National Park, which is on the border of Nepal, reached uh, 47 individuals, having only established with four just a few years ago. That's pretty impressive, um nepal also saw an increase of 107 greater one horned rhinos in their country then there's javan rhinos in indonesia which welcome four new calves into the world um the species up to 75 that's almost double the number of javan rhinos from 2011. in africa the black rhino has seen an encouraging population increase of 16 to seventeen percent they say over the past decade so uh, poaching has dropped uh, as well, in Zab- in Zimbabwe, black rhino were reintroduced after a thirty year absence and are growing steadily. In Kenya, anti poaching efforts have dropped the number of rhinos killed to zero this year, down from fifty nine in twenty thirteen. Ah, uh, that is pretty impressive. Nina Fasione. Uh, She is the executive director of IRF, and I could be uh, mispronouncing her last name. She says, we must act today to ensure these marvelous creatures can thrive for future generations. Let's continue to build on our successes of Greater One Horned Black and Javan, Javan, I could be mispronouncing that, rhinos, and reverse the declines for Sumatran and White Rhinos, working together so rhinos can continue to thrive on Earth. All right, so... Great work to the IRF and to any um, anti-poaching that has been happening as well throughout the, the world where these rhinos exist. So, that is uh, good news. I thought that was a pretty interesting story to read. But a lot of that came through what the IRF does and uh, research. Oh, that brings me to my step thought for the day if you will and I talked about it before but I'm going to talk about it again and I'm going to just put it out to you as in you know when you think of research you probably think of maybe you know a scientist in a lab doing research Um, maybe you think of somebody writing a book doing research well research doesn't have to be just limited to um, you know It being your profession or a profession of someone. Research is something we all should do before making a decision. There's possible that you've done research if you were buying a car. Right? You had to do some research on it. Or did you just take somebody's word for it? Did you just take your friend's word on Facebook? Or did you look at what more people say what possibly you know like the national highway safety um people say or like what is it like jd powered associates say about uh specific vehicles what about insurance companies what they say about what are the safest vehicles or did you just to say well my friend said it's the best vehicle I'm not saying your friend didn't do the research, but maybe it'd be nice if you did a little as well when you bought your, what? I don't know, maybe your your computer? You did research on the kind of computer you needed, or did you just take your friend's word for it? Because perhaps your friend, your family member, your neighbor has a bias towards A particular product maybe it's done after their research but again what did you put in and I'm not saying again that they can be totally wrong but did you go to more than one source for it or did you just stop at one so when you talk about like the pandemic was it just a meme you saw that said vaccines are bad? Or did you do research on it? Maybe you go back to when Jenny McCarthy said that, you know, um, autism is caused by the vaccines. Did you, did you stop there? Or did you read read the book um, by, I think his name is Peter Hotez? Could be forgetting his name, but he is a um, scientist at... um. Down in Texas. Might be TCU. And he. Might not be. I forget where he is. But he's in a Texas school. And he wrote a book. And his book is. um, Vaccines did not cause my daughter's. Autism. So. There is a. Disconnect there. Because. You. You may believe that Jenny McCarthy did I don't know but maybe you didn't read a scientist it's just fascinating that there are people who think they know better than somebody who has studied it and you know you can't with a pandemic go and find a lab and test the coronavirus and test the vaccine and do all these other tests and things like that. But you can find information on the studies. And you can look at the numbers. And you can do it from multiple sources. And you can also look at what the sources are and who the sources are. Maybe even look into things of... uh, you know, people used to believe the tobacco industry didn't cause secondhand smoke. But the research said it did. You have to find more than one spot for research. And sometimes you don't agree with it. You can still make your own decision. Obviously, you should. But you have to actually work at it. So, all of that means, just don't stop after you see one meme about it, or one person tells you that that's the way it goes. Look at other ways to figure out, see if you can find the pro-con list, alright? See if you can find the research that is against it, and look at who put that research together. So I want you to think about it in terms of what can you look to research in your own life that can get you in the practice of maybe getting a little better at doing it. Maybe it is your next car. Maybe it is a pair of shoes. I don't know what it could be. Food you eat. That's all right. Just do a little investigating on it. Don't trust just one source. Look for multiple All right, you can do it. I know you can. And my quote today, and yes, by the way, the doctor's name is Peter Hotez. Our scientist, rather. Well, he is a doctor, too. All right, so my quote today is going to come from Helene Deutsch. Helene Deutsch. She was a Polish-American psychoanalyst. She founded the Vienna Psychoanalyst psychoanalytic institute and then she um moved to massachusetts and she continued on with her work and she was one of the first psychoanalysts to specialize in women and her quote is this after all the ultimate goal of all research is not objectivity but truth One more time. After all, the ultimate goal of all research is not objectivity, but truth. That's what we're trying to get to at the end of research. The truth. Not to not to be deciding that, oh, it agrees with me necessarily. It might. But it's the truth that you do the research for. All right. Practice. You got this. I know you do. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, as always, please rate, subscribe, and share. Rate so that other people can find it. Subscribe so you never miss it. And share with anybody who needs a little positivity and optimism in their day. I appreciate you all. I'll be here with you again tomorrow. Until then, everybody, please be well.